Welcome to Out of Nowhere, where we talk with marketers, makers, and value creators about where they've been and where they're going next. Let's dive in. Today, we're talking prop tech with Blake and Rayanne from Homebase, a smart building platform enabling connectivity and access control. Um, I started the company actually uh, out of an incubator that I was running called Think Big. We were doing some smart city uh, initiatives here. We, we led a public-private partnership with the city and Cisco and Sprint. We de- deployed one of the world's largest smart cities. Um, so it's a, public, or it's a public Wi-Fi network that's along the streetcar in our downtown here in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's a, uh, along a 2.2-mile stretch where we deployed this Wi-Fi along with smart streetlights, digital kiosks, um, smart sensors, and a whole host of other uh, solutions that we opened up as an incubator for innovators to build things on top of. So people built things like uh, security camera, um, eyesight on people parking over the white line that might've blocked the streetcar and, and those sorts of solutions. And that kind of uh, initial experience and being able to work closely with the city uh, being able to work closely with um, you know innovators like Cisco and Sprint at the time to develop this uh, kind of smart city infrastructure, what we kept referring to as turning the city into kind of an, an iPhone, if you will, that had sensors that collected data and connectivity, um, all with infrastructure that uh, you know created ways to create new experiences. That was kind of the original genesis of where we came up with Homebase. So. I had some friends that were developing apartments um, that were specifically transit oriented, um, you know, so building along the streetcar and looking at ways to make those buildings smarter, more efficient, uh, more sustainable, um, while also being able to create really great new kind of future forward experiences for the residents. And that was that led to kind of the 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 genesis of home base. And I'll kind of stop there and let uh, Rand take over because. Uh, once I kind of uh, brought her into to this, she's helped uh, kind of create it uh, from there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you look back and you never could have planned how things came together so beautifully. But I was at uh, Think Big working for a different startup called Planet Reuse, which was focused on uh, reducing construction materials from landfills. And we worked with... Um, Habitat for Humanity restores to create an online store for reclaimed building materials. So I, at the time, was working on my MBA focused on sustainability and social enterprise, focused on, you know, smart cities and sustainable cities in from my own perspectives. And we actually, Blake and I overlapped, I think, big, but didn't connect in a deep professional way at that time. But then I moved to New York, came back, reached out to him to get a con a contact for a job prospect and he said sure i'll connect you but could i talk to you first uh so that's how i came to join home base and a lot of the things that i was personally passionate about with sustainability um really started to come together with what we can do with smart buildings and smart communities not just here in kansas city but really scaling that nationwide I think that's what's so fascinating about the prop tech category is that a lot of the, a lot of the innovation is borderline climate tech. Um, I think when we talk about climate tech, we think about energy, but we don't think about construction. 
or residential as much. Can you guys kind of dive into that a little bit more? Because I think a lot of people will be surprised to hear uh, what you guys do on that front. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I really learned is you have to appeal to that consumer, the person that's going to purchase that. It's got to be about convenience. It's got to be about saving money. It's got to be about seeing how your activity compares to your neighbor. All of these motivating behaviors around sustainability and climate, um, you know, protection or advancements, it has to be personal. So us starting in the home with um, these IoT devices that really make life more convenient, more secure, have benefit to the individual user, that's the only way we're going to get to that scale, right, is if every individual sees that benefit and that collective benefit builds on each other. So it's very simple from thermostats to water sensors to getting your groceries delivered, all of that's convenient and all of it has a sustainable impact on a larger scale. Blake, when you were uh, in the early versions of your product, uh, what was the conversations like with uh, your, your B2B customers, your, the property owners, um, that category? Were, were they hungry for it? Were they resistant to it? What, was, what were those conversations like? It, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it was really basic. It was like, hey, this like nest these these nest things, they're really cool smart thermostats. We want to put them in our in our building and we want to control all of them. And I was like, oh, that seems really easy. And as you did a little bit of research, it's like, oh, you can't actually control at the time, this was you know 2015 or so, you couldn't control multiple thermostats without having multiple Google accounts. So you know, how did you can, how could you control 200 of those? Um, and then, you know, you start digging in a little bit further and you're like, oh, well, there's building automation systems going in some of these high rises. And while that's, uh, sorry for the uh, clapping in the background. <laughs> uh, I think we just sold a deal. We'll, we'll go and keep that in. Um, but, uh, you know, it, as, as you look at uh, all of these different things. It's how does how does it make it uh, you know come together? When you're awesome. when you're meeting with those folks in the early days, I mean, I imagine the landscape has changed substantially, right? You're helping build out. You're you're trying to help establish a system there. Is it is it as much making it possible and then telling convincing folks that no, this truly is something that you can implement, rather than trying to position yourself against an alternative because really your indirect competitor is more of no, nah, we don't really need that or we're not, we're not interested. We don't believe you can accomplish it. Right. I mean, we definitely are competing against the status quo. People talk about how, uh, you know, they've been managing four walls and a roof the same way for hundreds of years. Um, and that's true. Uh, but, you know, I think that as we all know, uh, our homes or the places that we stay, that's, that means a lot more these days after, you know, the pandemic that we've all gone through and these sorts of things become, uh, you know, there, there's going to be new ways of living. We're already experiencing these new ways to live. And uh, it's responsibility of people to create those new kind of experiences in this new kind of world. And I think now we have that, ne- that necessity where people are, are looking to adopt those things. Um, now, I will say that it, it is uh, the, the first battle is getting people to make the investment in smart technology that um, they are skeptical in that it will not be obsolete very soon. You know, you're making infrastructure investments. And so those are things that we've had to be very conscious in building and thinking about, you know, we can't just go take some random lock off of the shelf at Home Depot or something 
and just put it on an apartment door. We got to we have to work with you know the major manufacturers and be able to put something in that's going to last and something that's going to be there and in you know I say this word a lot, but be the infrastructure, be a part of the infrastructure in the building. And if it's like that, then once we get it in there, we can then create all of these new experiences on top of it. And the access control is something that we talk a lot about is it's an enabler for uh, all types of new, t new ways to manage a building, whether it's letting people in with a self-guided tour um, or as Rayanne alluded to, enabling new, new types of transactions and new types of experiences with in-home grocery delivery. Uh, or laundry service, pick up and drop off, or dog walkers, or house cleaners. So those are the sorts of ways we're really looking at. Is this the the things are required, but at some point those things, you know, the locks, the thermostats, or whatever, they're just going to be table stakes. So what's next? You were talking with those early adopter uh, customers of yours. What what were some of the things that? What was the potential that they saw that excited them? I was going to say that I, I think we have to give a shout out to those early customers and even our customers now. They are the early adopters. They are the pioneers of this digital transformation, and they do see the opportunity to do business in a new way. And of course, we're we're proposing a value um, proposition that you know they can make revenue in ways they never have before. And so there is that, that carrot there, but they're still taking risk. They still understand that they're the the leaders in this digital transformation so but to that point it's really you know putting that wi-fi network into a building and allowing that property manager to have a new revenue stream they never had before offer a new service and create a new level of amenity and resident experience having access to specific spaces in your building getting guest access to those spaces having those deliveries into the unit, all of that is appealing to a property manager, of course. I think the basic, um, you know, having a smart thermostat, having the smart light switch and the lock, that's all a little bit, you know, granite countertop at this point. If you're in a class A property, you expect that, but home base is about what does that unlock for you? What experience does that allow for you and your resident? What convenience or safety or security um, does that allow? And that's what I think people now, they've jumped on the train of early adopter. Okay, I'm going to put smart thermostats and light switches and locks and tie it all together. Now they're really seeing that value proposition come to fruition where they're making four or $5,000 a month that they weren't making before because they can sell Wi-Fi. I'm assuming you guys probably make this comparison or you've talked about it internally, but to an outsider, to me, this just sounds obvious. I mean, the, we look at the automotive industry and, you know, they say in the, I mean, we're basically to the point where it's a computer on wheels and that's what we care about is, is the technology in the car. And it's the same thing with yours. It's, it's, it's technology with bricks around it. And I think that's what the expectation of residents is going to be. So there's going to be this big conversion process into that. And you guys are going to be one of these players that's leading the charge on it. We definitely think so. It's, it's an exciting time. I think what's, what's really cool though, is to see, the types of companies that are coming out of like Kansas city and our region that are developing all of these types of technologies that are in the forefront of, kind of this next wave of the internet. It's been, it's, it's cool to be a part of it. It's cool to be uh, a part of that kind of early trend and kind of that six year overnight success story sort of thing where all of a sudden the market, we have this like lightning in a bottle moment where the market wants it now too. Um, everything that we've been building and saying that we, that was going to come true all of a sudden, has accelerated 10x in the last year and a half. 
we talk to a lot of folks that uh, it, it tends to be that moment seems that lightning in a bottle moment tends to be like right around year three, where it's like, we're fighting just to prove that we've got a market fit and then it clicks. And then, then now we're in a totally different growth mode. Is that, is that similar to what you all experienced? And, and when that kind of shifts to where, Oh, the market now realizes this is a potential. Now you have a whole suite of new problems. You're no longer worried about uh, positioning this as a benefit, but now it's about staffing up and growing and matching the demand. Is that, is that a similar story for you all? I, I mean, the staffing up and, and doing all that is where Rand's uh, just taking all the, all the reins and, and running with, and, and we've literally doubled our team in the last 45 days as we're sitting here. But it was definitely a little bit longer in three years. Uh, but I would say that over the last uh, last couple of years, it's it's definitely been turning a corner and it's it's exciting to be like category creating. And we have got some really great competitors in the market that are, uh, building similar but different things, but it's all creating a category, and it's something that's exciting to be a part of, because we are really, truly, kind of, really all of us creating, um, you know, a new future. As as kind of hokey as that sounds, sometimes to actually say it out loud. What's what's one of the gnarliest kind of challenges that you guys ran into in those kind of early years that you were able to get past, but just stumped you harder than you thought it should, or you just knew it was going to be a tough one to get past. You know, when I came on, the tying in the uh, Schlag locks and really integrating everything was still in process. And so I was one of those people that spent a lot of cold nights in the hallways of apartment buildings, testing locks, onboarding locks, making sure the app worked, being frustrated when it didn't, working with developers. Uh, in my experience, my three years here, that was the gnarliest challenge was will this work? Can we scale this? And how many hours will it take us to, to prove that it works? And thank God we did get through that. And now we have a product I have so much confidence in. I'm incredibly proud of the team that was all here at that time to make that work. And now we're able to innovate on top of that basic functionality in ways that are going to be more affordable and accessible to a lot more customers than our competitors as well. So that's so thrilling to know as part of that. And it's one of those things where you look back and the hard, really challenging times are the things that you're like, those were the good old days and we're making it happen. To build on kind of like what Rain was saying is that, that kind of moment when she came in, that was, this is definitely like hindsight kind of, uh, you know, re-looking at the, at the past, but it was a big pivot moment for the company and really us. It was recognizing that that moment, what, what happened was we were trying to integrate with a lot of different locks and a lot of different thermostats and a lot of different, all these things and be as open of a, as a platform as possible. Um, but that moment we were kind of recognizing that, and that was not going to be sustainable and specifically one of the most important things in a smart building, which was smart locks, controlling who can come and go out of four walls and a roof. And it wasn't just the apartment unit that we needed to cover. We needed to cover the access, like the, the access to the building, the, the perimeter doors, the many spaces, the parking garages and all these different things. And so it was kind of this moment of, well, we need to go really deep, pick a partner and go as deep as possible on this specific thing, because if not, it, this company is going to fail and it's not going to work because it's more than just the apartment unit that you got to make smart. You got to make the entire building smart. It starts with that. I mean, again, similar to the automotive industry that 
there is a fear that the tech ages too soon. So I'm guessing that standardization and interoperability is, is really important. Do you feel like the technology is to a place now where you're feeling confident about, you know, what is physically being installed? Or do you think that the innovation is still happening so rapidly that you're just going to have to really stay on top of it because it's going to be changing and evolving so quickly? What, what, where do you see the state of things currently? I think, go, go ahead, Rand. I think we've done things in a way that it is that basic functionality is there. It's very confident. Um, I'm very confident in it. And now we have the opportunity to innovate with other, um, you know, with the watch, with other ways to have digital access to a door and to give guests access and to set those permissions that um, just weren't possible before that basic functionality was there. But now that it is, we're definitely able to innovate on that. I, there's definitely innovation happening around all types of hardware and everything. But one of the things that we made a strategic bet on was instead of trying to build our own hardware and, and take on those incredibly hard challenges, we should go and try to build partnerships and relationships with some of the best uh, in the class. And so, you know, that's why we work with companies like Schlage. Um, you know, they, though uh, no, it's like that, they're not the sexiest thing in the world, but they, you probably have a Schlage key in your pocket. It can, you know, it, it, they are trusted. They make a great product and they're great partners and they're trusted partners. And, you know, those sorts of things were the calculated um, strategies that we've done instead of trying to bite off even more than what, you know, what we could actually chew is you, you work with some of these uh, companies and let them continue to innovate on what they're experts on. We can continue to iterate on what we're, trying to be experts on and learning on every day and, 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 you know, folks there. Awesome. Well, our, our simplistic view of, of companies like yours is there's the innovation and there's the distribution of that innovation. And our, our role is working in the distribution side of things, right? It's the sales and marketing aspect of that. So when you break that down between sales and marketing and partnerships and things like that, have there been some big wins for your team in terms of saying like, we, we picked this strategy and it's paying off or, you know, that we were consistent on this effort and it took some time, but we're getting there now. Like what are the, some of the things that have worked for you in terms of getting that uh, distribution advantage starting to build up? I'd say the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi in our partnership with Aruba, because we really are giving them the opportunity to expand into multifamily beyond just hospitality and giving some new use cases that they haven't seen. So I think it's exciting for their team to innovate with us. And it's been a learning opportunity for our team to understand some of this unique challenges of multifamily and be able to address those and know that we're scaling a Wi-Fi product that will work in multiple buildings in big cities um, in more rural areas. It's just exciting to see that that investment, which at, at times was really challenging um, and you know, we are in some cases still working through figuring out how to provide that optimal experience. Um, but we are definitely doing it and our team has grown. We've invested in more internal staff and able to do that. And that's really paying off in, in That's awesome. Are there messaging points that or one liners, you know, that you use in conversation or in or in your kind of sales calls or meetings or whatever that you're like, that that's a line that kind of hooks people. Like that's, that's one I like to say, Blake, I'm sure you got a pocket full of them. Uh, but are there certain lines that you've heard people like, Oh, they kind of 
I see it. I see they get it when we talk about this. That's really a question for you, Blake. You talk to more customers and you know the uh, the thing that I used to never think uh, was, but as we've been uh, building like kind of our next great product is our team and our culture and the organization. It's when we start saying that we're building the future of living, like people really start to get that. Um, yeah, you're, it doesn't matter what you're doing or even working on right now. That's the mission of the company is to build um, the ability to have these new types of living. Um, and that's not going to be, you know, not just in your apartment or your single family home or whatever. It could be your part, uh, your office or all of these sorts of things. And we're going to be working to do that with smart technology and, and access for all. So that, I think that's, that's been uh, something that's been really cool to start uh, seeing that that's a, that's a thing. That's cool. What are some of the things that you foresee over the next five or 10 years in this category? Where do you think the industry is going and, and some of the players that might emerge? Uh, the industry is converging industry being kind of, uh, all of us that's built either smart apartment building technology, um, from that niche or kind of office building technology from that niche. Um, I think that's going to continue to start to converge because at the end of the day, those smart things, all the, all the tech that goes in the building, it starts to become complete table stakes. And what really matters is the, uh, you know, on the office side, people call the tenant experience. Uh, we always refer to everybody as a resident um, on, you know, the more residential side, but either side, it's their experience and how they experience and interact with the building is going to be paramount. And those are, the, those are the things that we're focusing in is how do we create those um, really incredible experiences that are just kind of smart that the other piece of this is make the property more profitable. So by generating revenue uh, or extra revenue by delivering these services to, to the resident, the property manager can make more money. And if they can do that, the buildings pencil differently. They don't have to raise the rents as much. Um, and all of these things become um, such a value add that as the digital transformation happens for their team, for the property management, that will take time with more data um, and they become more efficient, all those other things. Uh, that, those, are the, those are the experiences and solutions that I think people are going to continue to build. I think your, your answer to our questions on kind of like a, a competitive space says a lot about where this is going and that it, it must feel very much like in the early days because you said we've got some really great competitors, which shows that you've, you've mentioned in the beginning, we're fighting the status quo. When you see and you think about competitors, more established industries think of it as how can I get their slice of the pie over to my pie versus what you're seeing is this pie is pretty small and the opportunity is becoming the status quo as a category versus trying to vie against competition. Is that a fair assessment? The bigger that my competitors become, the bigger we can become. It's uh, the parallels I think of too, is when you talk about building out, um, the possibilities are very are, are unlimited if you think about it. But when you go back to some of those early days, you're, you're talking about building out like public access and public Wi-Fi pieces and ways you can allow folks to build on top of that. Are there areas there that uh, you didn't anticipate it being used for or integrated with that kind of caught you by surprise? No, completely. I mean, and when I say like big, it's not just big for the sake of being big, right? It's it's what we are all able to then continue to do and innovate with, right? And, and create. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, everything that we're doing today, every building that we make smart, 
um, which is the building blocks of what we're trying to do to do a really big vision of making cities smart. Every building that we make smart starts to chip away at becoming that. I always refer to kind of every building as a node on the network in the city. Um, and so in kind of doing all of the smart city stuff that I did before we started home base to recognize that we can actually create a smart city by going and creating all these buildings, uh, making them smarter, which is where we spend eight, over 80 or 90% of our time. And that inherently then will make cities smart. And so those are, so, those are the sorts of things that now we're starting to see uh, as we grow, as we solve more problems, we're seeing more opportunities that, you know, maybe buildings become part of micro data centers uh, in cities. Maybe buildings become uh, part of servicing larger 5G networks. And those are the sorts of things now we're starting to work on and, and develop and deploy. And, and, and uh, that just adds to a lot of other things that they can become that can become created. Just to question about the next five to ten years, Blake obviously has the technological and the you know smart connection um, viewpoints, which I share as the foundation. And I think where I kind of go to the a, a deeper level of detail is what does this mean for the individuals in those buildings? If you have a parent that's aging in place, do they have the same person delivering their groceries or their prescriptions every week? And that might be the only person they really see that week. And so what does that mean when we're thinking about the future of human connection? So the technology is enabling the human connection that we all are really needing to expand upon as, as we create the future of living. So how do we enable those human connections and then the future of work. You know, here, my goal is not just to innovate with the product, but to innovate with culture and the organization and the way we work. How can we expand that across uh, our buildings and our communities with co-working spaces? And what does that mean to connect with people you work with? What does it mean for freedom, for how you work and where you work and how you can access amenities, the gym, a kitchen, um, services when you travel for work or when you work remotely? So it's, it's obviously about the technology, but what does that enable for us on a human connection, the future of connection, the future of work, and how we build the infrastructure of those cities? That's where I really get excited about what this technology is going to enable us to do. Yeah, that's really exciting. So we're, we're talking a lot about your, your primary focus, which is multi-tenant residential. Um, do you see... Do you see hospitality or commercial or transportation advancing to the point where this starts to tie together? Like, where do you see that? I'm sure some of those are going to lag behind and then others might jump ahead. Do you have any predictions on, on where the opportunities are or, or who's going to maybe be more pioneering in that front? I mean, I think a lot of this starts to converge and a lot of this through whether it's APIs or partnerships, you know, at the fundamental thing of what we're doing is we're providing access access to buildings, access to wherever. And, you know, that's really proving identity. And so I think a lot of the stuff that we're doing, whether it's at a, at a building level or at a local level to, you know, extending through your city or, or even into your state, it's providing who, you know, trusted access to who you are um, and being able to, you know, prove that instantly and then being able to get you access instantly to something based off of that. Uh, so all of those sorts of things that you 
uh, outline, whether it's mobility or um, you know gaining access to a, an arena or, or a co-working space or whatever it might be, get that instantly with one click because we are we, you, you can do that in a trusted way. That's great. Well, just to wrap up, um, this has been a great conversation. I, I'm curious, do you have sort of a milestone or a metric uh, off in the distance that your team is, is looking at and say, oh, we, we got to get to that point or that, that's when we know we've uh, you know, hit success. Is there something off in the horizon that you guys are looking at that's really pushing the team forward? You know, I, there's, there's obviously like there's financial metrics and those sorts of things that you're always tracking towards um, that enable us to do more things. But I think um, for me right now, that something I've said a lot is I think we have a good product. Like we will never have a great product because I'm a founder who's the hardest on everybody um, and just sees all the holes and, and problems with it and what we could do. So it could never be great, but um, I think we have that and we have a team that's going to continue to build um, things that I or ran or anybody haven't even thought of yet. Um, but the thing that excites me and, and kind of the next milestones is building the next generation or kind of the next uh, product, um, the uh, uh, like next product we want to build is a great organization. So really just uh, that, that's kind of the next milestone, the thing that I'm focused on. Yeah.